0: Today we are kicking off a brand new theme called Reset. Nikki is going to be bringing us a message of some of the really big picture stuff that we see for church moving forward. So why don't you open your hearts, your minds, your spirits to receive everything that God has for us and let's get excited and envisioned together so that we can spring forward into all of the new things that God has for us as a church family. Hi everyone, well I'm going to dive straight into our exciting new teaching theme this morning, the theme of reset. It's really clear that God is doing something new and today my job is to set the big picture, to think about the broad brushstrokes of vision that God is giving us for the future. I'm not going to be giving you all the detail and the honest truth is We don't have all the detail because this is a faith journey, but I'm going to provide you with some of the things that God has given us as we look towards reopening our Sunday gatherings, but actually also as we reimagine what church with a capital C needs to look like for the future. Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19 are well known to us and they've been on our heart for the last three years. In fact we've been talking about a new blueprint for some time and we've already seen some change and some of that newness come in but this last year has accelerated that sense in which God is doing something new. He's changing the shape of his church, he's changing us from the inside out so that we are better equipped to be the church for this generation, for this place that we are planted in. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. As we think about this new thing that God is doing. We deliberately chose the word reset to frame this time because we believe that its meaning is profound. You see the word reset actually has a dual definition. It can mean to set again but it can also mean to set differently and we love that because as we think about this new blueprint for the way forward as we know that we're navigating a radically different world and the fact that we are all different as a result of what we've walked through this last year the old is not going to help us we have to keep bravely walking by faith into the new and the word reset is really helpful because I think that when we talk about God doing something new, what we imagine is that you know everything is just decimated and there's this radical change and that on the 27th we'll come back to the building and nothing will look as it did before. But that's not really what reset is all about. You see, some elements of the reset will simply be to set again. There will be a continuation of things that we've always done but perhaps the way in which we approach them, the mindset that we have, the heart shift that has happened within us, will actually bring something different to those things that we set again. For other things, actually, they will be set differently. There will be changes and they won't happen all at once, but we're interested not in how church looks on the 27th of June. We're interested in how church looks in one year, two years, five years, 10 years time. We want to seed a legacy for future generations and the way in which we embrace God's new blueprint by faith, step by step now, is going to make a difference for the generations to come. If we simply move the furniture around quickly on a Sunday morning without examining what needs to change in our hearts, what needs to change in our thinking and our attitudes, what needs to change in our behaviour and our patterns, if we don't actually deal with any of those core things then it simply is just going to be moving the furniture around on a Sunday morning. But as we all know church is so much more than a Sunday morning. What is church then? What is church? Is it this? Is it our Skylark church building? Gosh, I do miss being in that building but you know what? If this year has taught us anything, it's that church is not a building. And actually using the word church for our building is really unhelpful because it confuses the two. Church is not a building. Our building has been closed pretty much this year, apart from some community activity, essential activity. And we're still the church. The church still exists. The church is still alive. The, st- the church is still flourishing and the church is still active. So no, church isn't a building. That's a mindset shift. Is it this then? Is it is it gathered church? Is it that time where we are together on a Sunday morning? Because We talk about going to church. We say to our friends, I go to church on a Sunday. Well, when we gather, of course we are the church, but we're also the church when we're not gathered. And in truth, the gathering is such a tiny part of being church we are called to be the church both gathered and scattered and what happens between our Sunday gathering and the next one is really where our opportunity to be the church begins the church isn't a building the church isn't a gathering church is us it's you and it's me we are the church whether we're gathered or whether we're disparate we're church We're this family, this beautiful, diverse family where people of all generations, backgrounds, races can come together, different ages and stages. And there's nothing like it on the planet. This incredible community of people coming together with a common heart, with a common purpose and with one God that we worship. That's church. And we've been talking this language for years. That's nothing new to us. We know that we are the church. And yet, when the building was closed, when our gathering was taken away from us, we had to discover it on a whole new level. There's no going back. With what we know now, we've got to move forward. But I want to remind us as we start this theme of reset that this is very much a faith journey. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 has been a verse that Peter and I have been leaning into hard as we are praying, reimagining, planning ahead, thinking and seeking God. And it says this, we walk by faith and not by sight. Listen church, if we can see it all in advance, if we have all the answers in advance, if it seems comfortable in advance, it's probably not God and it's definitely not faith. Walking by faith means that we don't have all the answers. We don't have the finished blueprint yet. No, we've got a departure point and we'll share that in a minute. And we're going to continue to listen to God. We're going to keep flexing and changing as he asks us to. And that is going to require faith from all of us. It's not our journey of faith as leaders it's not our leadership team's journey it's not our core team's journey it's everyone's journey our choice right now is either to revert to what was comfortable or together to put our hand in god's hand to have faith and to keep taking step after step in step with him we're not aiming to be that slick church that has all the answers, that has everything programmed within an inch of its life. We want to grow a church family that lives on into the future, that's prepared to adapt and morph as things change around us, to continue serving and loving well the society, the community and the nation that we are planted in. But honestly, faith takes courage. And it requires letting go of our need to know every detail and to be in control. So where do you start? Where do I start in that? Well, I think it's pretty simple really. We take the first steps together and we keep on walking without everything being clearly mapped out in front of us. We start somewhere and we trust God to lead us forward at every turn as he always has done. He's been faithful to bring us this far. We can trust him with the future. And you know, we've always been a church that walks by faith and not by sight. At times it's meant that some things are messier and less polished and a little more last minute than we might have liked them to be. At other times we've looked foolish as we've changed course, owned our mistakes or followed God into the new without being able to articulate all of the coordinates. It means we've been stretched and constantly in a place with more vision than we have more money in the bank. But that to us is exciting. That is what living by faith and walking by faith and not sight looks like. We're not here to replicate someone else's model of church. We're here to be the church and to be faithful to what God is calling us to do as this beautiful Skylark family. We've learned so much during this time. We've learned to be the church in the wilderness, to bloom and grow wherever God has planted us, to maintain connection and relationship with God and with one another, despite being dispersed. That's amazing. We've learned to reach out to love and serve our community in new and meaningful ways. And we've learned to do that in a decentralized way as well as a centralized one. That's exciting. These are invaluable lessons. We've learned to adapt quickly to the constraints of the pandemic, creatively producing online church, sound bites, taking praise and worship online onto Zoom. And whilst we realise that not everyone loves engaging with us online, we've also seen a real sense of community develop with online church. It's literally been a lifeline for some as well as an amazing front door into our wider community for those who might never have set foot into the building. We've also learned that we do better spiritually and emotionally when we have those common touch points, that gathering, the moment of shared community and connection, shared encounter with one another, It helps us to feel part of something bigger, to listen to others beyond our own echo chamber and those that we naturally draw around us. It's a reminder that our faith is bigger than ourselves. It's bigger than those who simply look or act like us. We're part of a more diverse family. So as we look to reset for the future, to move into this new and unknown world around us, What do we want to start with? Well, we want to start with the overarching big picture. What has God been saying to Pete and I when it comes to us here at Skylark Church and how we build from here? Well, this morning I want to share three foundations that we feel God has given us that we want to underpin everything we are and do as we move forward into the future, taking what we've learned and outworking it in the years to come. The first is connection and community. I think we can all agree that that is the thing that we have craved and needed the most in this very strange year. Connection and community is something that we're hardwired for. It's in our DNA. It's part of being human. And the truth is that as, as church, we're good at community we're good at connection but we've also been very good at activity and programs and we feel that as we move forward we're going to find strength in actually making connection and community the bedrock of anything we are and do not activity and not programs we don't want to be so busy with activity that we neglect to be family that we neglect those vital connections with people in our church family, but actually all of those friends that we do life with who don't share our faith, who don't share our outlook. Family is a place where everyone should belong. It's diverse, it's inclusive, it's intergenerational. It spans different ages, stages, walks of life, different experiences and different preferences. Everything that we are and do from this point onwards, we want to have community and connection at its core, woven into the fabric. Doesn't mean that there won't be activity, but it will not be activity to the detriment of connection and community. We want to help generate that connection with God and with one another. And we want to increase our sense of being family, being community together. Now, community to me is not defined by everyone knowing everyone. That's impossible. I don't think there are many communities unless they're particularly small where everyone knows everybody really well. And I think Sunday morning is a really good example of that. It's impossible when we gather together for everybody to know everybody. But to be an effective community, to be an effective family, everyone needs to know and be known by someone intimately. That is true community. And I suppose our expectation in the past has sometimes been that the one gathered moment that we have on a Sunday is going to provide us with this depth of relationship with God and with others. But if we rely on the Sunday morning gathering, that aspect of gathered church, to be that place of connection and community that sustains us in life, it's not going to happen. You see, Sunday morning is about being reminded that we're part of this crazy, messy, intergenerational, diverse family. It's a place to be refuelled and recharged. But it's also a place where connection is actually relatively superficial with other people. On a Sunday we can talk to lots of people very superficially. Some people come and leave without talking to anybody. It's what happens beyond the Sunday gathering, how we are church outside our gathering that will determine our level of connection and community, the strength of our connection and community. And this is where life groups, smaller gatherings, smaller friendship clusters and interactions are essential for our way forward. Life groups are going to be the lifeblood of church for the future. We cannot pin everything on a Sunday morning. Connection and community needs to be the heartbeat of us being the church outside the Sunday gathering. Which leads me nicely into the next foundation stone. Going and growing. We believe in an inside out mentality and not an outside in mentality. We've never spoken the language of outside in, and it's not a model that we subscribe to, that everybody on the edge of church should come and be with us on a Sunday morning. That's not what it's about. But it's easy to fall into that mindset, isn't it, that church is what happens in the building on a Sunday, and to expect others to come and join us in that, rather than doing what God has forced us to do this year which is to recognise that our gathered touch points together are just a minuscule part of what it means for us to be the church, that actually from that refuelling and inspiring huddle together like a team talk, we're sent out onto the playing field to carry the kingdom out into our everyday context, into our workplace, into our family, into our friendships into our relationships. We want to be a church that majors on going and growing because these are at the heart of the Great Commission, what Jesus called us to do. We want that missional mindset, that understanding that yes, we gather, but then we're sent out to be salt and light. For us, going and growing are in super bold, enormous font and gathering, it's there in the small print. It's an essential touch point for us, but it's not the headline. We're called to go and we're called to grow. And what do I mean by growing? Well, for us, true growth is not determined by how many people we have in the building. It's determined by how we're growing internally. Are we becoming more like Jesus? And are we growing in our love for others? Are we growing others into the kingdom? And when we talk about growth there are so many church models that major on numbers and that major on intensive hot house green style growth greenhouse style growth sorry we're not into that we believe that the future for us at skylark church is about organic growth relational growth relational discipleship after all life following jesus is about relationship with him and others and again this is where life groups and smaller settings those more intimate places and spaces for cultivating relationships are going to be crucial we don't want to be so full with church activity and programs that we don't have time to be jesus to our family in our marriage to our friends to those beyond the four walls of the church. I don't see a divide actually. I don't think God sees a sacred secular divide. Any activity we undertake needs to facilitate the going and the growing. Why gather then? Why Why gather? And we've asked that question, but you know, As we've asked that question, we've seen this year again that the gathering is so important. Right now, as we've been disparate, it's really clear that some are languishing, some are flagging, and others still um, have polarised themselves into different groups and viewpoints. We're better when we're together. It's important that we have those moments as gathered church to be re-envisioned to be encouraged, to be inspired, to be equipped to live our faith out. But Sunday morning, that's not the headline. Going and growing is the headline. And we feel that our role as your leaders and our role as Skylark Church is to equip you for the going and the growing, to encourage you in the going and the growing, to envision you as you go and as you grow, and to establish the newness that God has for us as a family. Finally, we feel that church, Skylark Church for the future needs to be centered around the heartbeat and the how, and not doctrine and dogma. Now I want you to hear me as I talk about this because it's gonna be easy for you to misread or to misinterpret what I'm saying in that. When you think about family, it's possible in a family to have very differing viewpoints on things. It's possible to see things from different perspectives but to still be family, to allow love and relationship to supersede those disagreements and a few weeks ago I was sitting at the kitchen table and my mum who's in our childcare bubble was here to take care of Sarah and our youngest daughter and at the breakfast table she and I were having a A pretty intense discussion about a particular issue and we did not see eye to eye. We were respectful, we listened to one another but we clearly didn't agree and I watched my eldest daughter becoming more and more uncomfortable with this exchange and in the end she came over and she dug deep into my chest and she put her head here and she was cuddling me and she obviously felt bad for me and I said to her, Aria I need you to understand grandma and I love each other and when we talk things through in this way we're not cross with each other we're not angry with each other we're not even trying to change each other's minds what we're doing is we're disagreeing in a healthy way and as we talk and as I listen to grandma I end up changed as a result of what she has to share and as she listens to me her viewpoint changes little and her perspective changes and that's how we grow and that's how we learn but ultimately nothing can change the love that we have for each other and disagreeing doesn't mean that we don't love each other and I feel like that's such a good analogy of this you see at the moment we are seeing church with a capital C particularly in other countries in the world but it's happening here too dividing in a horrible polarized way over Issues that are not foundational to our faith, that are not salvation issues and as those issues are being discussed and things are becoming more and more polarised, there are these ugly exchanges taking place and that's because for years church has been taught to be united over doctrine and dogma. There's this in or out mentality that if you don't subscribe to this list of beliefs as is then you can't be part of our community but that's not really what family should look like. Family's about covenant, about heart position over contract. Our kingdom vision and values, rather than a theological tick box or a list that defines who's in and out. Now listen, this is tricky. It's naive, isn't it, to say that ultimately love and relationship should trump everything else. But for us, we want to unite Skylark Church around our heartbeat, around our love for Jesus and one another, and around how we do things, not the what of all of those secondary issues in terms of doctrine and dotting our theological I's and crossing our T's. We believe that that is going to help this church to navigate this brave new world that we're in. You see... People are looking at us, and if we can't disagree well, if we can't straddle differences of opinions or even doctrinal differences over certain issues, if we can't actually listen to one another and engage in beautiful conversation and allow love and relationship to win, then all we're going to do is to perpetuate that model of church dividing, church splitting, church being ugly in its behavior towards one another with those internal conflicts. Jesus's, one of his final prayers was that we would love one another and he said that that's the way the world will know who we are if we can love one another. We want to unite around our heartbeat and our how. Now hear me right, that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be some baselines to what we believe. Of course there will be. But for all of those other things that are secondary, peripheral issues, we have got to learn to grow together. It's not fair to freeze frame somebody and expect them to come to where we are in our journey and experience. We're all different. He deals with different things in us at different times and we can't expect to be a homogenized group of people who believe the same on everything. That's unrealistic. We want to place our love for Jesus, our love for one another, our love for our nation and our world at the heart of everything that we do. Those are our three big, broad brushstrokes as we consider this theme of reset. There's so much more that I could say and in this coming week, Pete and I are going to be releasing more details because one of the things that we do really believe in that part of our future does look like hybrid church, online, and on site, working together. And there's loads more I could say about that, but we're going to save that for those of you who are part of the Skylight Church family. That will come your way in church suites, along with a little recap on some of what I've shared this morning so that you can be in the loop in our thinking and also in our road mapping for the future. Thanks for listening today. I'm going to pray. Lord, would you come and reset our hearts today? We love you. And although we are navigating an unknown future right now, although we are walking into newness and sometimes that can feel exciting and other times it can feel exhausting and scary, I thank you that your promise is that you're with us and you're building your church. And so, Lord, we want to hand ourselves over to you today and say that we trust you. That we're up for this faith journey, that we're going to stand together in love and in unity aligned around our heartbeats and how we do things. That we're going to be a church that goes and grows. And that we are going to put connection with you and others and community at the very heart of who we are and all we do. Help us to live this out over the years to come. In Jesus' name. Amen.